My definition of humility is contentment in action. It is only when you are contented, called as santosha in Vedanta, you can really feel for someone else. Only when you are contented in life, you can participate in someone else's joy and success. Only when you are contented in life, you can empathize and feel the suffering of others. Only when you are contented in life, you can stand strong for injustice and inequality. Only when you are contented in life, you look at everyone to collaborate with and not compete with. Only when you are contented in life, you exude a beautiful fragrance of goodwill and success to all creation. A contented person has realized at a cellular level that everything is an act of miracle from the divine and he or she is not the doer. This realization that I am not the doer in any activity bestows the virtue of humility. In humbleness, we experience humanness. Hello and Namaste, this is Akshita. The global virus pandemic was not enough for us. That we are having this national unrest happening all over the US. Where are we headed? Humanity bleeding, anger, hurt, aggression, inequality, blown way out of proportion. I have been living in the US for more than 20 years now. I have never seen anything like this. Curfew has been imposed in my state. Really, never ever imagined this happening. When will we learn to live in harmony? What price do we have to pay for one humanity? One simple truth? Is it that hard to accept that we are all children of one Divine Mother? This was the last thought that was playing in my mind as I dozed off to sleep last night. At crack of dawn, I was woken up with a series of thoughts pouring down into my mind on humility. I hurriedly opened my notebook that lies on my nightstand these days and started jotting down attentively the thoughts coming to me. So this is how I got my topic for my podcast today and it is going to be on humility. I don't think the word humility existed in my dictionary while growing up in India. Being the only child, I was pretty pampered and basically received everything, caring attention and love from my parents, material comforts, and pretty much lived a life in my own little bubble. The outcome of this kind of life was I quickly learned to become snooty. 
I started having strong judgments on how people looked, dressed, and talked. Being a pitta-dominant personality, I had strong opinions on anything and everything. Basically, I didn't conform to any traditional mindset or values or cultures, and this created a lot of rifts with my immediate family members, my cousins, friends, and it didn't take much time for me to be labeled as special and snooty. So this gives you a picture of my life growing up in India, and you will agree with me, humility was not even in my radar. Fast forward my life and I found my guru Paramahansa Yogananda when I moved to the U.S., In this life, I was destined to find my guru in America and not in India, the birthplace of gurus and saints. As I started following my guru's teachings, I came across many a time where he emphasizes to cultivate humility. He says it is one of the essential virtues to really know what life is all about. So I started exploring to know What is humility really? And why is it given so much importance in all the scriptures and in my Guru's teachings? In some corner of my mind, I had already made a judgment that humility is overrated. I perceived humility to be a weakness. And if you see, even our society in general doesn't really appreciate and applaud people who are truly humble, In fact, the world labels them as dumb or not street smart. But deep down, I knew my guru cannot be wrong. So I stuck on my journey to explore humility. So below are the steps that I feel will take us on the path of humility. The first step to understanding humility was a big one. Learn to renunciate the desire of expectation, the desire of reward for every action we do in this life. Our mind is wired to expect some kind of return on anything we do in this life, big or small. Is it not true? How can you put all your heart and soul into doing something and then not have any desire of expectation and surrender the outcome? This is insane, practically impossible to do, was my first thought that blasted out of my mind. But then, after a while, faith descended in my Guru's teachings, and I convinced my logical mind to apply this principle and check it out in my own life. In the beginning, it was tough, I must confess. The way I was brought up I expected a lot from others. I assumed everyone would give me that same special attention I was accustomed to from my parents. But slowly and steadily, I learned a secret. I kind of spiritualized my desire of expectation. What I mean by this is I created a desire only to please my guru and left the outcome of the action in his hands. So whatever I did at work, 
at home and in life in general, I diligently tried to do my work with all that I had, with complete attention, and do this to the best of my ability. And all this just to please my Guru. And I was constantly affirming and telling my mind to accept this new formula of expectation. Just do everything to please my Guru and leave the outcome in his hands. This took several years to perfect and I still think I am work in progress. Because this Maya, the duality delusion, is very strong and powerful. And if you fall down hard in life, the ego gives a big fight to convince you that you deserve much better. It was hard during challenging times. To practice everything I do to please my Guru and surrender the outcome to him. Without going into the details, I just want to touch on one of the challenging times. This was after my parents' passing. Being the only child, I went through a long grief period and it was more devastating when all my relatives decided to ostracize me. So during this time, it was very, very hard to accept the outcome. The desire only to please my guru went out the window. This was a tough phase of my life, went into depression. But then again, my guru came to rescue. He reached out with his merciful hand and slowly made me realize that relatives abandoning me was the best thing for me to dive deeper to knowing my higher self. So after a few years, I came out of my depression by spiritualizing my grief. This phase was so powerful that I discovered the purpose of my life, which is to share the wisdom of Vedanta with the world and help women balance their lifestyle disorders with Ayurveda and yoga. So renunciating the desire for reward and passionately working with all you have is called as karma yogi in Vedanta. I can speak from my personal experience here. When I started to live my life as a karma yogi, I noticed something very beautiful unfolding. You don't get stressed being a karma yogi in life. You will get fatigued, but by working long hours and putting your best, but no stress. You know why? Stress comes because we are waiting for the outcome. Stress comes because of the expectation tied to the work we do. Stress comes, what if we don't get what we are expecting? When you don't have any expectation, you have surrendered it to the higher will or higher intelligence, you have nothing to stress about. You really don't carry the burden of what the outcome will be on your shoulders anymore. This gave me a new freedom to fully experience life. I was looking at the nature 
with a newfound attention, appreciating everyone wholeheartedly, I indulged myself in appreciating people, felt all the oxytocins getting released in my body. I felt spiritually powerful when I genuinely appreciated people. Sadly, few people started to be cautious that I might have an ulterior motive. But I cared a damn. I moved on and kept appreciating because it made me feel so good and pure. The bitter truth of life is we just walk the path of life mindlessly in an auto mode. And sadly, we never come to know how rich and intimate life is. Attention to life is spirituality. This is one of my quotes I posted on my Instagram recently. So as I walked my life trying to be a karma yogi, in time, slowly and steadily, I came to realize that it is not just about surrendering the outcome of the action I perform. There is another deeper layer to it. With meditation and contemplation, I came to realize that I was not really the doer of any action. My ego felt I was doing it. But the more I practiced being karma yogi, I intuitively started to feel there was something greater than me who was really speaking the right words during my meetings. There was something greater than me handling tough situations in my life. The right words just came out of my mouth. I knew how I had not thought about them, nor had I processed it with my intellect. They just started coming out at the right time. Krishna beautifully says this to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita. Karmanyavadikharase ma faleshu kadachana ma karma falaheturbur ma te sangostava karmani This verse basically tells us I am not the doer. It is the divine grace that bestows the results of my actions. So this state, when you intuitively come to realize you are not the doer, just the doey, you will realize you are just an instrument for the higher will or the divine to work through you. Now this higher state is called as karma sannyasi. When you come to realize you are not the doer and you are also not attached to the outcome of the actions, this phase of spirituality is called as karma sannyasi. When you consciously start living life like a karma sannyasi, you start feeling the pulse of life. This is when grace starts to flow like a river in your life. It is this grace that brings with it gratefulness in life. The grateful heart comes to know that in this vast creation, one is not even capable of moving a blade of grass without the divine's permission. In this phase of spirituality, every cell of your body agrees 
that you are not the doer and only a mere instrument for the divine to act through you. This grateful heart eventually bestows the blessing of contentment, which is called a santosha in Vedanta. When the person is truly contented in life, he naturally starts to practice humility. It is hard to point out when exactly the shift happens. It is almost asking when did the flower rose come to know it is exuding the fragrance of rose. The answer the rose flower would give is, it is part of my personality, my nature to exude the rose fragrance that is built in my DNA. This is exactly how a contented person would exude the fragrance of humility wherever that person goes in life. This is the unfolding of my experience and this is why I define humility as contentment in action. Humility is seeing life with a childlike purity, not putting anyone in a box prejudiced by your society biases and beliefs. Humility is the art of learning to behave in every situation, not bringing our biases and beliefs. She is an Indian, so she must be this way. So let me behave with her this way. Oh, she is a Mexican. Okay, let me then behave with her this way. No. Humility is showing our true and transparent self as much as needed. In a particular situation, by using our God-given common sense. The ancient Vedic texts say, you cannot be humble and say I am humble at the same time. The moment you acknowledge you are humble, you are really not humble. Humility is an act of the soul. The moment ego registers humility, it is no longer humility. It has turned into something else in the name of humility. As the world gets on to using artificial intelligence and machine learning, in few years, we as human beings won't have much to do as robots will be doing all the job, big and small for us, and much more efficient than us. When the world reaches this phase, Let's not embrace this error by being tech zombies, but by learning and practicing virtues like humility. Humility, I think, will become a sought-after skill set when we have to thrive and compete with robot species. We will also have to learn to be humble with robots then. But for now, let's learn the virtue of humility to be humble with our own human species so that we can connect and celebrate life deeply with one another. Humility unfolds when we come to realize we are not the doer but just a doey in life. Grace starts to flow. With grace comes gratefulness. 
grateful heart bestows contentment in life and finally a contented person exudes the fragrance of humility everywhere i hope you liked this episode and found it useful in your own journey to higher self i would love to read your comments on this episode if you like listening to my podcast then i would really appreciate if you take a moment to write a review and rate my podcast the instructions on doing this is in the description section there is a surprise free gift for you please read the instructions in the description thank you for listening namaste until we meet again sahanaubunattu sahaviryam karvavahai तेजस्वीनावदितमस्तु तेजस्वीनावदितमस्तु मद्वाव शांति शांति शांति